Folks, wonder what happened on July 20th in baseball history? We got that for you right now. On July 20th, Hank Aaron makes his final trip around the bases. Christy, Christy Mathewson is traded. And Henny Manouche, a dead ball star, is born. All that and more on July 20th, this day in baseball history. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never Welcome to Baseball History Daily. And before we jump into July 20th, just a reminder of what we talked about yesterday. We talked about debuts from Tony Gwynn. Hannes Wagner, who got the ultimate compliment from Bill James. Juan Marichal, all debuted. Uh, Thurman Munson had his own little pine tar incident, and Cy Young won his 500th game. That was all that happened on July 20th, and we had that trivia question, uh, who was the only member of the Southside Hit Club and the Lumber Company? You can check that out on yesterday's podcast. Now, we always like to start out with the birthday because that's where it all begins for all of us, right? So on, uh, he was born on July 20th, 1960 in Fulton, California, Mike Witt. Now, he was a 6'7 pitcher. He was a, a big boy, um, and he was entering his prime years in position to become one of baseball's truly great pitchers for the Angels. He already had a perfect game. Uh, that uh, when he won one to zip on September 30th, 1984 in Texas, he selected to the 86 and the 87 squads. He had a great curveball, a good fastball, and he changed speeds well. Witt was really ascending among the Angels' all-time leaders in wins, games pitched, starts, complete games, strikeouts, innings pitched, shutouts. Uh, he led the club each year uh, in those categories um, from 84 to 87, except shutouts. Um, and he joined Dean Chance as the only pitcher to lead the Angels in wins four consecutive seasons. And he was the Angels' MVP in their near-world series uh, appearance in 86. But suddenly, he lost his overpowering stuff in the middle of 1987. His strikeout numbers dropped substantially, and he was never quite the same again. He just wasn't able to reclaim that dominance. And the Yankees felt the change of scenery would uh, bring Witt a bit of good. Maybe they'd find him himself. So they decided to trade Dave Winfield for him in, uh, on May 11, 1990. Uh, Witt never won more than five games for the Yankees during his tenure there, but uh, Dave Winfield had a pretty good run with the Angels. Now, in today's debut, uh, before I say this, I just have to say this was so hot. Uh, Jesse Haynes debuted today. Vita Blue, Cecil Fielder, and Jim Bunning. And there's just a few of the guys that debuted on July 20th. And as much as I, I really was torn between just talking about Vita, uh, but I decided to talk about Jim Bunning. Um, he's a Hall of Famer that we don't talk about a whole lot. Um, and he debuted on July 20th, 1920 and 1955. He was the 11,289th player in Major League Baseball history. He got rocked pretty good in his debut. He pitched seven and, a, uh, seven and two-thirds. He gave up eight hits, five strikeouts, and six earned runs, and he picked up the loss. Now, he debuted with some really, really tremendous players in 55. Sandy Koufax, Brooks Robinson, and Roberto Clemente. And uh, he had some really odd things that happened during his career. On May 5th, uh, in 1965, he became just the seventh player in Major League Baseball history to win a one to nothing game and drive in the only run with a home run. 
Uh, he hit that home run off of uh, another future Hall of Famer, Warren Spahn. Phillies beat the Mets one zip. And now you can actually listen to that game on Face Vintage Baseball Reflections. And uh, at some point during this podcast, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you the clip of that home run. It's just too cool to ignore. He was also the only pitcher to strike out Ted Williams three times in a game. Uh, I, a lot of set people would consider him a, um, a very consistent but unspectacular pitcher. He won. He was the first pitcher to win 100 games in both leagues, uh, the, the AL and NL. Um, and when he retired, he was second to Walter Johnson in strikeouts with 2,885. But he never got a chance to taste the postseason. Um, he also pitched a perfect game on Father's Day for the Phillies uh, in 1964, and you can listen to that on Vintage baseball reflections as well um, and he had a no-hitter in 1958 for the Tigers uh, he was one of the most prominent players in developing the Players Association and after his career he did enter politics and ultimately became a U.S. Senator uh, and he was voted into Cooperstown uh, by the Veterans Committee in 1996 and today thankfully for me is my last day doing highlights because Robin's going to be back tomorrow I'm excited about that but I'll be getting to those in a second and right now I'm going to give you some trivia um, who hit the, the fly ball out that completed Nolan Ryan's first no-hit victory? He was also um, Steve Carlton's 19th strikeout victim um, when he set the NL strikeout record uh, at the time. All right, so let's jump into uh, July 20th uh, highlights. On July 20th, 1976, future Hall of Famer Hank Aaron blasts the final home run of his legendary career. The Milwaukee Brewers designated hitter connects for 755 against Dick Drago of the California Angels. Aaron's home run helps the Brewers uh, with a 6-2 victory. July 20th, 1944, Nelson Potter of the St. Louis Browns becomes the first Major League pitcher to be suspended for throwing a spitball. Potter is forced to the sidelines for 10 days, but he's still going to win 19 games on the season and the Browns only World Series appearance happened in 44. In 1916, the Reds acquire uh, three future Hall of Famers, Christy Mathewson, Ed Rush, and Bill McKechnie. Now, when they do this, um, they trade them for Buck Herzog, who was a former Giant, and Red Killifer. Now, McKechnie is going to make the Cooperstown as a manager, not as a player, but Rush is going to be a real steal for the Reds as he will become a superstar for them, uh, and he's going to be somebody McGraw is always going to want to get back throughout his career. Matheson uh, will become a manager of the Reds, and the, team, uh, the team's nickname is going to be coined the Matties. But the Reds will lose today uh, when they manage just two hits off of Pete Alexander, who actually contributed two doubles himself to the Phillies' offense. In 1859, uh, you could really say the business of baseball was starting to take off. At a racetrack at Long Island, about 1,500 fans became the first ever to pay to see a baseball game. The spectators spend 50 cents to watch New York defeat Brooklyn 22-18. So born on this day, in, so born on July 20th, 1901 in Alabama, uh, future Hall of Famer, Henny Manouche. Uh, he started out as a dead ball hitter, uh, but the home runs really uh, started gaining favor during his career, which wasn't really his thing. He was more of a line drive hitter, but he, uh, he did pretty well. He posted a 330 career batting average. He won and lost a batting title on the final days of a season, and he benefited from the teachings of Ty Cobb, who was his first manager in the big leagues. And that was July 20th, 
this day in baseball history. Before I get to today's game, let's do a couple hints on today's trivia. In 1980, Sports Illustrated, Henry Hecht uh, referred to him as the New York Mets' worst trade in their history when they traded him for Joe Foy. Um, you know, uh, and it, interestingly enough, when Atlanta offered to trade Joe Torre for him, the Mets GM at the time, Johnny Murphy, tagged him as untouchable. Who am I? So today's games, man, I'm going to bring you back in time. I'm going to bring you back to 1957 when you're going to be in Ebbets Field. You're going to listen to Vin Scully call the game between the Chicago Cubs and the Brooklyn Dodgers. Just think about this. Ernie Banks is going to be playing for the Cubs, and he's going to have one hell of a game. They're going to be playing against the Dodgers. And who's pitching for the Dodgers? Don Drysdale. In the lineup for the Dodgers, Duke Schneider, Gil Hodges, and Roy Campanella. This is a can't miss. you got to check this game out. Just uh, take it on a walk for you a couple hours over at VintageBaseballReflections.com. Uh, you're going to be so happy to, that you listen to this game uh, if you like baseball nostalgia. Um, I also mentioned the 1964 perfect game and the May 5th game from 1965 from Jim Bunning. Um, it's all over there at VintageBaseballReflections.com. I'm going to play you that home run from that May 5th game right now. Lawrence Vaughn into the windup and the pitch to Bunning and it's outside for a ball. Bunning has had one hit this season. He is batting .091. Pitch. Swung on and hit deep to right. Johnny Lewis racing way back, and it's over his head, and it is a home run for Jim Bunny. Into the bullpen in right field. The first extra base hit of the season for Bunny, and only the second hit of the season for him as the Phils take a 1 nothing lead on a home run by pitcher Jim Bunning and an opposite field home run at that. Let's talk about that trivia. So uh, he was the final out on May 15th, 1973, when he he flew out. Uh, He was the 19th strikeout victim for Steve Carlton on September 15th, 1969. He actually had struck out four times in that game. Uh, Of course, uh, Carlton's record's gonna be broken later by Kerry Wood on May 6th, 1998. And he would say that uh, Despite the fact that he got a World Series ring in 1969 when he was eventually traded to the Kansas City Royals, it was the happiest day of his life. And who are we talking about? Amos Otis, who is one of the greatest players in the Kansas City Royals history. 
Let's talk about who's on deck for July 21st. In baseball history, well, that would be Pumpsy Green, who makes his debut. Clay Kirby is absolutely stunned when he's removed while he's pitching a no-hitter for a pinch hitter. Uh, famous trade discussed on Seinfeld is made by the Yankees, and the greatest living player is announced in 1999. Uh, thanks, Thank you always to uh, Robin from Robin Says. She'll be back tomorrow for the highlights. Looking forward to that. Uh, horse High Trivia. What I love about the trivia that they provide, it's... Uh, it's how, how they ask the questions. The first question, it's really unusual. So it's not so obvious that you can just answer it right off the bat. So cool stuff. I hope you subscribe to their newsletter and uh, check out their links in the show notes. And until tomorrow, I'm going to bid you adieu with a closing message and an offer for you. VintageBaseballReflections.com features a treasure chest of baseball audio. The wonderful thing is the audio isn't a guy like me or a few talking heads reflecting on players, seasons, or teams. It is the actual players from that era, announcers from that era, giving you an uncut, unfiltered, unrecent day stance on what it was like then. These are real-time clips from that era. Now, we encourage you to check out our entire back catalog of baseball audio. And if you like old-time games and folks, and folks, you are not alone. Join the membership section to enjoy interacting with fans, scoring games with folks just like you, and listening to hundreds of radio broadcasts that were baseball classics. As a special offer to you, type in This Day in Baseball for a discount just for you. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the plus sign to subscribe, follow us on the socials, and above all, share us with your friends who love baseball history just like you.